Hello and welcome to episode 172 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, I'm good man. Every week I try to think I'm going to come up with a clever response to you and <laughs> every week I'm just like, all right mate. Yeah, <laughs> just start as we as you mean to yeah. go on basically. One, one of these weeks I'll have some like buzz and yeah. know, come up with something but, but we'll... not, sadly not this week. No, we're only 172 episodes in. Still yeah, I'll fun. figure it out. I'll find my feet. <laughs> Maybe by 200. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not we're back push again. myself. No, don't, don't. Yeah, definitely great not. art takes a long time. <laughs> <laughs> a very long time. Um, but yeah, we're back again to talk about little monsters this week. Um, obviously, we're going through the kind of uh, a couple of the movies that we missed throughout the year. Um, these are all relatively recent movies, though. Um, Basically, just came through fright fest things. Yeah, Let's this one honest. wasn't, wasn't Let's it? I don't think. Um, yeah, this was at Fright Fest. <laughs> yeah, we just say everything now. Um, yeah. But uh, so yeah, obviously only a few more weeks to go now until until the end of the year, which is pretty insane. Um, mm. But yeah, we've still got Any a few more one? to come. Um, but first, there is a little bit of news this week. Not too much. Um, Give me some Nightmare on Elm Street news. Well then, okay. So the first one <laughs> is this is like barely news as well, but like why not? Why not talk about it? I mean, it's all funny I mean, games. It depends whether you're talking about the half news story or the magical tweet that you may or may not have seen. Oh, I've got both. Oh, okay, yeah, because the tweet is what made it for me. <laughs> I mean, I think they're both fairly irrelevant, but uh, let's talk about them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the report, the initial news report, um, and yeah, bloody disgusting to put this one out. Um, I don't know to, to what evidence, but they're just saying that they can exclusively report that uh, Wes Craven's estate, who, of course, now own some of the rights, at least um, domestic rights to Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, God knows how complicated, you know, it's very complicated. So I'm not going to try and get into it right now. I think it's um, more simple than most, isn't it? Because it's just his estate yeah. and New Line Cinema. So only they, they like, only international? I think so. I think there are only like two parties involved, hence why it's like feasible that we might get something as opposed to friday the 13th that seems like there are literally 13 different owners yeah it's such a and it's so messy as well because they all actively like are are literally fighting for it in court like it's it's so sad um but yeah so obviously they they they, the news story is that wes craven's estate has been actively taking pictures for a new nightmare on elm street i got one um (laughs) yeah i was gonna say we we put one out what three or four months ago super Um, horror bros could um you know pen the script just say the word estate and we're there (laughs) so yeah obviously uh, this is weird because the the other interesting part about the new story before we get into the tweet is that apparently they're looking at both feature film pictures and also concepts for it says a possible hbo max series um not sure why they're specifically tying it to hbo no um, i know it was that was odd yeah like why couldn't it be for another streaming is service? hbo max is max just like a channel title or what what's no that's their streaming service oh okay thank you mm, right yeah. yeah um so obviously yeah it's 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 their equivalent of you know all the other yeah. million yeah. streaming services there are out right now um so yeah that that's kind of interesting where it's like they're not just you know looking for a film they are interested in taking a tv series um which yeah, would be interesting yeah <laughs> i just don't think i want any of it but um <laughs> i mean oh i do i want i want the tweet man yeah well let's just get to the tweet because it makes it more interesting but um yeah one this kind of report was out there and then one mike flanagan uh tweeted about it um quote tweeting the news report saying put me in coach i've got a pitch hell yes and, Hell yes. and that was it basically um that's all i need all i need and i just need to somehow introduce him to richard and yeah dream project 
Yeah, it's I can't interesting. I even remember who I cast as the director of like that dream project. Was it mm. Flanagan? It it might have been. Um, I think it was obviously... either Flanagan or Fede. I think. Yeah, and obviously post it chapter two, I think there was a lot of there was obviously there was massive hints towards Nightmare on Elm Street in that movie as well. Yeah. So I think yeah. he was very much saying like, and especially they are a little bit more tied because that was like a well, that was a new line production in some capacity, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, sure. Um, let's just say it was for fun. Um, fun. Yeah, he's thrown his hat into the ring. I think it's interesting because obviously it's not going to get done via Twitter for as much as it's it's cool to see him tweeting about it. I hope that he's going down the actual avenues <laughs> if he has indeed got a pitch. I mean, it sounds to me like it's clearly getting done on Twitter. Yeah, um, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> I feel like if we were just to at tweet that bloody disgusting article, we would t- technically be in the running. Like, I mean, let's do it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think we've done more than that. I mean, we literally spoke to an actual actor about it. Yeah, so, we've, you know. we've already cast like <laughs> you know, we've cast um, Freddie. So yeah, because I think ultimately, obviously, if they're taking pictures at the end of the day, do they really care about the quality, or is it just going to be who comes with the biggest check? Um, who knows? But I think that it's a shame that obviously Mike's last project wasn't a huge success in the box office. And so I think mm. that the chances of him getting another big property that would require a lot of money is slim. But I don't think this is one of those. You know, Nightmare on Street doesn't need a $100 million budget or anything stupid like that. No, um, I, I, I really don't understand what this story is because mm. what are the estate offering? Like, what is the pitch? Like, are they funding the movie or are they looking for backers as well? Like, what is this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because... I think it says that they don't have any deals in place right now. Obviously, they just have the rights. Yeah. So I imagine they're listening to distributors and financiers to be like, you come to us and tell us what you want to do with this. Like, we own Freddy. If you want to make a Freddy movie, tell us how much is it going to cost? How much are you going to put in? How much is it going to make? Blah, blah, blah. Like, all of that stuff. Mm. Um, so I think it's not just a case of like, we have 30 million and we want to make the best film possible. If you're a sick director, come knock on our door and tell us your film idea. Like sadly, it's not that simple. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. Like it seems like we're closer to this than we've been since we've covered the show in the very least. Um, yeah, which does get me nervous, excited. hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. You think think we've been messy on this show when we've gotten like our hopes up and (laughs) and dashed and everything else. Like you ought to see me when we go down the road of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It's not going to be pretty. No, it's really it's, not. It'll be similar to a Terminator one, but a li- <laughs> but you'll actually get to hear the full realization of that instead of just a little tidbit at the end of a show. Near yeah, the Breaking well, Man. I'm sure I'll get that with Thor next year as well. But um, oh yeah, you will. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we've regardless... already had that though. Yeah, true. Um, I think regardless though, it's awesome that obviously he's interested because I don't. Mm. Obviously, I imagine he's talked about in interviews and stuff, but this is very much him you know, going forward on Twitter and being like, I'm interested in that as my next project. And and he says he has an idea, which is awesome. That's Um, what I found so interesting. Like, I like the fact that he gave that interaction. Like, mm. A, it felt, you know, it's fun that he's doing that sort of thing on social Mm. media, but it felt like genuine as well. Like, um, you know, what's up guys? (laughs) Like, you know, so it's just, it was just kind of like, you know, let's, let's see if this gets legs. It would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. And stranger things have happened. Like this could be the case of that where in in three years time, you could pinpoint it back to this one moment of like mm. Mike Flanagan tweeted about it. People got in touch with him who then got him in touch with Craven's people. And that's what started it all. You know, mm. who knows? Um, so, yeah, Do we, we shall see. Do we know any of Craven's people? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, we'll, we'll talk about that off air. Um, but yeah, <laughs> next up, a couple of news uh, stories here. Just a, a few couple of release dates for 
uh, two movies that we missed out on. Um, one that was at the cinema that we didn't see, which was Countdown, um, is supposedly hitting digital January 7th, 2020. Um, God with damn it. Does that mean we come back from our like Christmas break that soon? I was kind of hoping to take <laughs> half of January off. <laughs> um, well, it's obviously, I think it's cool that we already have something like that. That's like, cause January is a slow month. Um, and so it's it been is a busy cool that... year, bro. Yeah, but it's nice that we at least have something <laughs> to come back to that's not like, listen, do you want to start searching Netflix again for the latest horror movie release? I do not. <laughs> I do not. Um, so yeah, like we'll get to talk about that at some point, obviously not before our best of deliberations. Um, and then, yeah, the other one, which more notable because, you know, we haven't got to see it and we desperately want to, oh, um, is to The me. Lighthouse. Yes. So this is a bit interesting because obviously we don't know exactly about a UK release. I, I think I said it a few weeks back that mm. it, it, it was either coming out February or something along those lines. So who knows? We might still have a theatrical run because I really want to see this one on the big screen um i just want to see the goddamn thing at this point like... yeah well we already have details now so apparently it's r- arriving on demand december 20th <laughs> which oh, is this no. year <laughs> um and then with a dvd and blu-ray uh to arrive january 7th same as countdown um so fine i'll get the blu-ray <laughs> so again it's one of those ones where like yeah we're just not going to get to see this this year because we already know that black christmas is going to be our last film like that we cover before our best of special mm. um but this is an awesome one if this is like we get to come back in january and actually see a cool movie that we really want to see um it's cool see- it just it just that does irk me because i'm just yeah. like because it completely you know, ruins it doesn't it like because it yeah. would be you know it, it's obviously I feel like it's, it's not eligible con- then yeah i feel like it's a genuine contender for you know our top mm. 10 and like yeah. we care and about the individual that awards as well yeah like the actors involved we're big like, fans of if we end up seeing that as our first movie of 2020 do we even does that even count as like a 2020 film or does that just miss like i know it's, I know it's small fry in the yeah. scheme of things but it's just frustrating that we didn't get it when we should have well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, if this was just the release, then we would just have to deal with it. We've done that before, where we came back and did, like, Black Mirror, you know, a couple of weeks after, because yeah. it came out very at the end of December. Whereas this is frustrating, because this came out in bloody other territories ages ago. So, yeah. but, you know, we'll get to see it at some point. So this is, either way, like, this is a very exciting way to kick off the year, I think. There is yeah. actually two movies that we are interested in watching, which is cool. Definitely. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for the news this week. Uh, should we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Little Monsters. So yeah, this one was um, an interesting one because I was this on your like upcoming list. I can't remember if it was or not. Like all the way a year ago, was we aware of this one? I don't know. I feel like we were. Um, I feel like I might have mentioned it, but that was a long time ago, bro. Yeah, very much so. We've got the docket somewhere, right? We need to bring that bad boy back. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm I'm hoping you're already preparing the one for next year, which I'm sure you're (laughs) you're already doing your due diligence, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's what I spend my time doing, man. Like, it's comprehensive. Yeah, I, sure. I currently not... have I currently have two films on that list. That's two more than I expected. To be perfectly honest, well, it's um... down the lighthouse after you and <laughs> the story. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Two movies that are not twenty twenty releases. Good start. Uh, you, I genuinely thought you was going to be like Saw and Halloween. Like you couldn't even say those. <laughs> I've got um... enough. I got four though. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm not and, doing your job for you. Untitled Nightmare on Elm Street movie <laughs> starring Richard Brake. <laughs> 
Right, so Little Monsters, let's talk about, about that. <laughs> little Monsters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, Little Monsters, eh? Where, yeah. where do we even begin with this? I don't know, like, this one doesn't really have a huge backstory, like no. some of the movies that we cover. Like, I don't even know, I, I haven't even looked up who the director is, I probably should have done that. This, but, was, um, this wasn't Fright Fest, though, right? I'm not no, going insane. No. No? Definitely, definitely not. Oh, uh, this was it. like a Hulu original um, in, in the US, and I believe, didn't it come to Sky Movies recently in the UK? It did, yeah. Yeah, which is cool. Um, yeah. And it's a Australian movie. Yeah, if, yeah, which I didn't realize at the time, like, mm. going into this as well. Like, I always get excited when I see that little Film Australia logo. I'm like, oh, what batshit crazy thing are we going to see? Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I, I have the same way where, obviously, a vast majority of the stuff we watch is American-produced. So yeah. anytime you get something that's, like, Australian, New Zealand, it's like, it, it gives it a different flavor that excites me, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, yeah, Little Monsters, it's written and directed by Abe Forsyth. Um, I don't know... If he's done much else, um, mm. <clears throat> but um, yeah, wrote and direct this kind of, um, I guess, kind of notably um, starring kind of Lapita, um, kind of fresh off us, kind mm. of coming into this little indie project. Um, and Alexander England plays Dave, who's kind of our lead character. Right. And um, weirdly enough for me, uh, Josh Gad is also yeah. in this movie. Which I don't know about you, but I had zero. uh, I had no idea that he was in this movie going into it. So when he kind of rocked up, I was like, hang on a second. Like, (laughs) um, weird, weird tidbit for you, but I watched this movie and Frozen 2 on the same same weekend. I bet that was was brilliant. Which was very odd. Yeah. Like watching Olaf and then watching Josh Gad say the things he says in this movie about children. It was was a weird double bill. Like, yeah, and I think I what's brilliant think many is, people will have experienced it that way, but it was odd. I think what's awesome is I'm so glad you had that experience because I was watching it as someone who is not going to watch Frozen Two, but I was like, obviously, I knew problem, who <laughs> I know who he is, and and obviously who he plays in that. And I think he, obviously, the fact that we're obviously getting into the movie a little bit now, but he plays this kind of like children's um, TV presenter. Yeah, and yeah. immediately you kind of realize what's going on and where the comedy is going to come from, and just uh, straight away I was like, this is perfect casting to have someone yeah. who is literally like yeah literally in the biggest disney movie that's out right now and for him to like you say we'll get into it but him to be saying and doing the things he does in this movie just amplifies it and makes it even more hilarious it was one hell of a double bill i'm not gonna lie (laughs) um but yeah this this movie is a kind of i mean it's it's a comedy horror um a comedy zombie movie um where we kind of meet dave who's this kind of washed up wannabe musician that's just separated from his girlfriend and is living with his sister and her son and kind of um in quite a long intro really Mm. um we get all of this and then he meets uh lapita's character who is um miss caroline oh yeah yeah, because the song Mm -hmm. missing bit of neil diamond gotta love it (laughs) um and yeah kind of falls in love with her and decides to in order to kind of woo her and get her attention he um decides to go volunteer on this school trip um and ends up going on the school trip with the teacher um and they they go to like this weird kind of um like zoo type place don't they um Mm. this kind of children's park slash zoo 
um, which happens to be right next to an experimental military <laughs> camp that is openly experimenting, it seems like, on zombies. Um, yeah. The whole kind of zombie outbreak thing is a little bit odd in this movie because it just kind of happens. Like, we get... I didn't really look at the runtime, but we get a chunk of the way into this movie before we get any horror. Like, mm. any horror. It doesn't have, like, this weird opening with horror or anything like that. Um, to the point that I was... I almost, like, paused the movie and was like, "Am I? have I messed up? Like, are we not watching a <laughs> horror movie? Because it, it really has nothing in it um, yeah. horror-related. And then suddenly this it just cuts to, like, this research facility and zombies break out and they're like oh, the slow ones or the fast ones? And then they just like, oh, the slow ones. And then it all just goes to, to shit, basically, and they, they escape. And mm. it was a bit odd, really, because I kind of, you know, I don't need a massive backstory on it, but it was weird how you were just thrown in with it and then it just cut back. Um, and so, yeah, like, basically the zombies invade the park where the kids are and it's up to... Um, Miss Caroline and Dave to try to keep the entire class of children alive um, and also try to kind of like deal with the children and keep them not freaking out that they're in the middle of a zombie invasion. So they're trying to like almost keep it a secret from the children and keep them mm. kind of distracted. Um, and yeah, I guess that's kind of the movie. Mm. Like um, I'm quite interested about this one because I kind of feel like you're going to be quite interested to know what I think of this, knowing mm. my love of zombie movies, but also I'm quite interested to uh, know what you think of this one as well. Yeah. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think that it's um, very tame on the horror, um, not just the fact that it takes a while to get going, but I think even throughout um, it just doesn't have that much horror going for it in general. Mm. Um, that being said, I pretty much loved everything else about this movie. Um, it's, First and foremost, it is a comedy, um, which obviously we wouldn't traditionally cover for the show, but we're just reviewing the movie at this point. And mm -hmm. I thought it was hilarious throughout. Um, like so many jokes landed for me. And even when I wasn't laughing, I just was smiling at the characters because I was really enamored with them all, quite to be honest. Um, it does start very slow. The intro is... Um, interesting because you're kind of introduced to the family first um hmm. like you say dave and yeah miss caroline doesn't come into it to quite a bit either yeah yeah she probably Which... doesn't make an appearance until 15 minutes into this movie yeah like it's it's an interesting <clears throat> choice um and so you're kind of like oh, okay so now you're you're really center and this is your main characters and i think that at the start there's some weird choices because I think that our lead character is purposefully unlikable in a lot of the mm. stuff and what he does. I think that um, they they rely way too much on like tropes and um, uh, what's the word? Um, you know, uh, characters. Yes, yeah, like stereotypes. Yeah, like like he's a stoner. He's in a rock band. Like all mm. of this stuff, and it's just it's a bit much to begin with. There's still some jokes that i really liked in the in the intro but it was very much like oh god is this going to be the type of humor that we get throughout because it's not exactly my cup of tea like there were still jokes that landed but it was very much like oh he's just an arsehole and he's just like swearing in front of this child like i don't think this would interest me for 90 minutes and i don't think it would have done um but thankfully they definitely move away from that i think once lapita enters the movie um it really gives it a different more tone with her character and how kind of like strict she is and then she's obviously because dave is like trying to he fancies her so then he's kind of like loosens up a bit and he's not such like a an overt jerk anymore which i liked um 
and then yeah once it get once we actually get to the farm itself um i pretty much loved the movie from that point on i think that um you mentioned like the way the zombie outbreak happens. I, I really like that it doesn't spend like a shit ton of time on like exposition um, and trying to like be- make you believe in the zombies. Yeah, the zombie because... outbreak is probably a 10 second clip. Yeah, it's like it's like two scenes. It's like here's a yeah. zombie, it's broken out, and that's that's literally all they give you for the whole movie. And I'm like, I'm totally fine. I don't need like to to know about why a zombie outbreak happens. Um, and I like how it is very tongue in cheek of like, why is there a US facility next to this children's oh, definitely, farm in yeah. Australia? Like the the camera angle they use of when the bus like drives away and then it just slowly moves like 10 feet to the right and there's a u.s facility with zombies in it i was like that's brilliant like i just loved all that stuff and then yeah once we get to the farm loved all those interactions like you say when josh gad's character enters he's the star of the show in my opinion like he is amazing throughout this entire movie pretty much every joke he said had me in stitches um loved his character so so much and um we we kind of get holed up in an area for a long period of the movie Mm. um I do wish that they went a bit out of that because I think there was a lot more they could have done with the farm and kind of everything up until that point and then getting to this one area. And then ultimately they kind of leave that and that's the end of the movie. And it's not a huge gripe, but I would have, because it's difficult because they obviously have all these children. And so mm. there's not really much you can obviously do. Yeah, they've, they've literally got like 20 plus kids that they're trying to keep alive. And yeah. so kind of like it's very difficult to have them in scenes with zombies and kind yeah. of keeping these 20 children safe. Yeah, because like what you said, there's a lot of stuff where they're obviously <clears throat> tricking the kids and saying it's all like mm. part of this game because they're trying to keep them safe. And again, I love that as a setup. That's so interesting. And the initial scenes we get with that are so awesome. And then obviously when they're kind of the kids are seeing the zombies outside the room, they're holed up in. And obviously when they leave, I really like those scenes. But ultimately there isn't, I don't know what they could have done with it, but I feel like maybe getting out of that situation a couple more mm. times would have would have made me like the movie even more. Yeah, um, I just think like a couple of the characters, you know, maybe the children didn't need to, but the adults yeah. could have maybe escaped a bit more and that sort of Yeah, thing. which they do a couple of times, but like I yeah. say, for the vast majority of the movie, once they get holed up there, they are there pretty much until the end yeah. of the movie. Um, but yeah, I just, I really liked it. Like I say, and I think especially uh, bringing it back to the horror thing I said, like the zombies look amazing in this movie. Um, it's for such an indie movie, but there just isn't that many any kills or anything like that i think that was ultimately one of my biggest yeah, I mean, takeaways, especially, yeah especially talking about this from a horror perspective of like it's cool that there's the zombies that are there um and there's a couple of cool moments with them but my god it's lacking like if you're coming here Ooh. for a zombie movie this is not for you at all um because yeah. there just isn't enough of it you know it's like it's cool that they're there and they do some fun stuff with them and they they're definitely some good jokes with them but i think that something like uh sean of the dead for example mm-hmm. like yes that has the comedy yes that has the great characters and story but then they have you they give you so many awesome kills and i think that's what elevates a movie like that and this is obviously not on that level because of that reason yeah um but yeah i just i thoroughly enjoyed this movie yeah i think i think Shaun of the dead is definitely a comparison that i'll be coming to for this um because you, you've got to really because it is the oh yeah the kind of sure. holy grail, standard, really. isn't it? yeah um yeah this movie was much more of a miss for me um i didn't the, a lot of the comedy didn't hit for me mm. i think that's that's ultimately you know, comedy is such a difficult thing, you know, yeah. hence why we talk about horror more because, <laughs> you know, it, it is so subjective. And, yeah, um, yeah I, I agreed with you on the opening part that I felt like a lot of that was stereotypes and didn't hit. Um, I really didn't like the language with the child in that because I just thought, like, I don't think anyone would be that much of a dickhead. Yeah. Like, he just – and he almost became – like you you knew kind of that he was going to have some redemption at some Mm. point because he was being treated poorly as well 
but I, he was almost too much of a dick where I didn't really want him to get redemption. Yeah. Like not in like a horrible way, but just like, you know, just like swearing with his kid constantly and like the stuff he does with the staff picture and stuff. It just like made him really gross. And yeah. like, yeah. And his I interactions did... with his sister who is doing him a massive favor exactly. by letting him live with her. And then all he, ultimately he's just being really rude to her. And, yeah, her son. and like, you know, he takes like the sun out in the middle of the night. And I know that was mm. all part of like, this, you know, it was that was kind of a funny scene, but like, yeah, none of it really made me laugh out loud. Maybe I'm just a grumpy fuck. I don't know. <laughs> but um, you'd watch you know, too much Frozen. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, I think that's why. You all like, laughed out. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I like you know Josh Gad in this movie was good, but it's no Olaf. I mean, if you want some laughs, go see Frozen Two, guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I did find it jarring to like see him in this role and. I did enjoy it, like, especially because I, I thought his whole kind of children presenter, like, initially was spot on, mm. having ha- having to, like, subject myself to that sort of programming <laughs> at times. Like, it was funny seeing this one that I could kind of see was going to become this parody. Yeah. And like, like you said, the casting was perfect. When he kind of became the real character in that, it almost got a little bit too far towards the end. I found it hilarious to begin with. But again, it kind of like oversaid its welcome, kind of like how Dave was um, in the beginning. He he became like just too annoying. Like I kind of felt like he needed to get killed off, like mm. to just get him out of the way. Um, and then, yeah, my, my biggest gripe with this movie is the horror light side of it that... Um, you know, one of the one of the you know the, the poster of this movie is um, Lapita in her white dress covered in blood, and kind of you get this scene where she has to go out of the safe place they're in to get something, and kind of she has this big kind of um, moment when she's she's got like loads of zombies around her, and it kind of cuts and she drops in, and it's played for laughs, kind of you know that she kind of yeah. drops in and she's all covered in blood and that, which I get. But I wanted the horror more than I wanted a cheap laugh. And it's kind of like we got that a few times throughout the movie. Um, <clears throat> kind of when the zombies invaded the um, the, the farm, whatever you want to call it, the, the, you know, the, the area that they're in, um, it pretty much goes from like zero to full zombie invasion. You get to see like one scene where the children are and then they kind of turn around and literally everyone apart from you know, our main yeah. characters are zombies. Yeah, that and, was weird. Yeah. And so it we felt just like there were some scenes missing there. <laughs> yeah, and I really feel like that's where they could have just got some scenes of horror, got some kills and that sort of thing. It, it and and that that left me disappointed. And I think, you know, um the comedy's interesting because it did hit with you more. Um but yeah it definitely hit with me a lot less and you know, I find myself kind of entertained, but keep having this twinge of disappointment. Um, I, I, you know, I enjoyed like the songs and kind of when they mm. were kind of distracting them with that. And it was kind of funny, but they kind of use the same thing quite a few times, like that kind of one, two, three eyes on me thing and stuff. And um, yeah, you know, when the movie ended, I was just kind of like fine do you know what i mean Mm. like it you know it really just didn't leave an impression on me and i think it you know a movie you know like i say the gold standard we both said is Shaun of the dead and what it did fantastically well was delivered on both and i think ultimately for me this movie delivered on neither 
um, the comedy or the horror. It definitely didn't deliver on the, the horror. I think mm. that's fair to say. And from judging from our opinions, you know, the, the comedy is much more subjective. But, yeah. you know, um, yeah, for me, it didn't quite land. And so, yeah, I, I was kind of, you know, it had, it had its moments. But, but yeah, by the end of it, yeah, felt fell flat. Yeah, I can totally see how that would happen because, um, like you say, it's like the comedy is so subjective. Mm. Um, I think that it's being an Australian production really helped because it had that sense of humour that I've liked in a lot of different kind of Aussie and New Zealand style comedies. Yeah. Um, and that it is was their... weird with, with Josh Gad and Lapita, though, because they didn't yeah. really feel because they're not playing Australians in the movie. No. Um, Lapita definitely. I don't know. I don't really understand Josh Gad's character. I, I'm assuming because he's kind of like this children's entertainer. Is he meant to be an Australian specific mm. one or not? I'm not too sure. But he doesn't really carry an accent. So well, it's of... so it's so weird that they're both in this movie because this yeah. screams like an indie production. Like this exactly. is definitely an indie Australian movie. Yeah, and I don't know how they got either of them, especially Lupita, because obviously yeah. she's been in the genre earlier this year, but that was such a vastly different situation. Obviously, mm. you're dealing with an Oscar winner. You're dealing with someone who was a close personal friend and all of this stuff. Whereas this was just like. You just want to be in this weird Australian comedy with zombies. I think I think both of them are nuts because you know she's coming off the back of like these crazy Marvel movies and everything else, and mm. like you know, like you say, he's in the biggest Disney animated movie of the year. Yeah, um, and they're both coming into this weird Australian project. Like to get two people like that is yeah. insane. But they they felt out of place as well because they are so huge, and like you say, the rest is so indie, and it was kind of. You know, we our three main characters are Josh Gad, Lapita, and and our character Dave, kind of played mm. by Alexander England. And so he was the backbone of the Australian element of this yeah. movie. And I didn't uh, I wasn't I wasn't blown away by his performance because he was kind of you know, he was such a dick to start with, but also just like his character just kind of I don't know, he was just a bit dull. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like he didn't he didn't elevate any of the areas that he needed to other than when he was just being a bit of a stoner and a dick like when he actually started to have to show emotion and and kind of like the bit i was struggling with is kind of the the fear and the kind of um realization of the zombie outbreak because i i understand that obviously they're trying to not react for the children i feel like lapita did a much better job of kind of showing the fear and showing that she's trying to bottle it down and, um, and you know, keep her children's attention on her and keep herself under wraps. Whereas he just felt very, like, chill with the whole thing mm. and underwhelmed by it all. And I don't know whether that might have been a comedic choice or what, or whether that's just giving it a pass. But I just kind of, I don't know, he, he fell a bit flat for me. And so for him being the Australian core of the main kind of cast um you know made this feel less australian for me because it just yeah i didn't really like him yeah i do agree with that because they are the two standouts by far of the two actors that we know and Mm. it isn't just because we know them they are just better and um it is interesting that he is kind of the main lead and it is a weird character like i've not seen a character like this in a movie for a long time really where he starts off kind of very like irredeemable and Mm. does a lot of things that are just kind of horrible even though they are 
played for laughs at times. They are still just like messed up. And well, yeah, that's so what I mean. Kind of like his motivations much. for the whole movie as well are very like seedy and not nice either. Mm. And so then, but then when he finds out kind of a revelation, then I agree with you. He just becomes like a passenger where he's like, well, the whole reason why I was here initially is is gone now. So I'm just kind of like stuck in this situation. I don't really care about anything. And then he kind of glides that level until the finale. Mm. <laughs> and then it's like you're supposed to have this like big redeemable moment or whatever. And and I, I didn't care about any of that stuff. Like in terms I kind of feel finale. like he was much more likely to just turn out like Josh Gad's character. Yeah. Because he didn't really care for his nephew. Um, and like he started to you know show that towards the end but it didn't feel earned and yeah i just really felt like when shit hit the fan he would turn into josh gad's character mm. and like just because he wanted to like you know get it on with lapita wouldn't have changed that i don't think um, yeah well especially because she is the lead and she's yeah. the one on the poster and if you've seen the trailer she was in it on nearly all of the scenes obviously yeah, which is odd and so, like, I was expecting that as well, where we start with him, and I feel like that was going to be our introduction to Felix, his nephew, and then ultimately mm. I thought he was going to be a character that wasn't going to last the whole movie, you know, and wasn't mm. going to be in it a lot. And then so for him to be literally one of the leads throughout the whole movie was a weird choice, I mm. thought. Um I, I definitely think as well that obviously we've already talked about the fact that the horror just didn't deliver, but I think from, mm. from the get go, there is a real lack of any sort of threat in this movie Yeah, um, because you have that initial outbreak and it's a really awesome scene. And I did like it when they're kind of like guiding the children around the zombies. Yeah, but... and, and then also like when the first zombie kind of attacks and it's like eating this animal, like it was, yeah. that was quite a good scene as well. I just wish that that the scene when they're walking through the zombies, just the way it was shot, they mm. put way too many zombies way too yeah. close to them around them, like three, 360 degrees to the point where I was like, okay, these zombies are literally like the slowest, dumbest things we've yeah. ever seen well, to where like a toddler can outrun them. Well, they, but they've literally just killed everyone else at the park. Yeah. So they've been able to do that, but they just yeah, like, nah, instantly. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, that was a way yeah, I agree um, with you. Where it's like, how is everyone so useless? Yeah. And there's guns everywhere as well like, because the military are like that close. You could easily just yeah. pick up a gun at any point. Yeah, yeah like, I know it's played for laughs, through. but you've got to be, you know, you've got to be correct with these things, haven't you? You know, you got you got to make it cohesive. I think still. I just think that if they would have had the zombies a little bit further away and not as many yeah. of them, but like they obviously wanted to have that visual of like a yeah. shit ton of zombies super close to the children. But I just think that then it makes the zombies not a threat in the slightest. Well, because <laughs> you, know? you uh, it's weird as well, because at no point do you feel like any of the children are under threat. Mm. Um, but also you see like children and zombies in this movie. So it's not like they're yeah. shying away from the fact that, you know, bad things happened like at that place but but mm. it just feels like every one of the children that's in that class are, are fine like they, they're gonna deliver them all home uh, you yeah. know that's what it felt like for the whole movie yeah um definitely. which which was odd like you know don't get me wrong it's very difficult to do a comedy or any movie having children in a lot of peril but mm. when when your movie synopsis is like a class of young children are trapped in a zombie apocalypse they they kind of need to have some threat yeah, you know, it's, that's, it's that's this odd. movie's book, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. It ultimately um, doesn't deliver on that. And and one of the things that you touched upon, actually, which I didn't want to interject when you were talking, but I didn't actually find the, the zombies, like, super impressive. Oh, I in terms of the way they looked. Yeah. I thought they looked okay, but quite often, especially when you've got a more close-up long shot of them, mm. you, could, you could tell the makeup. Like, we've seen some crazy low-budget movies that yeah. looked massive, whereas I, th I honestly thought that this one, you could tell um, that they were, they were kind of makeup and prosthetics. And 
it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know, we've been watching a ton of 80s movies and stuff, and, like, that's sometimes a bit fun. And, like, you know, this movie is a comedy. But, yeah, you know, I think, like, you look at, you know, like I say, the gold standard, Shaun of the Dead, and in comparison to these, some of these did look a little bit off to me. Yeah, I think that I probably shouldn't have given it credit for it because then that mm. makes it sound like it's a yeah. standout, which it isn't. I think yeah. that it's. I think it looks good for most of it. Like I think the the porcupine one looked really good, and a yeah, couple of the other ones that are, there's like a few recurring zombies that I think look good. But I agree with you that there's, especially in some of the group shots. Like if you're looking at the ones that aren't, you know, in the center of the shot, you will yeah, see well, some there's, ropey there's ones. There's a scene towards the end of the movie where we get a lot of zombies up yeah. close for for an extended period of time, and you could see quite a few of them. Because to be fair to them. They weren't just going for like, you know, Dawn of the Dead kind of, you know, blue face. You mm. know, they were they were um, trying to mix it up and have injuries and quite severe injuries on their faces and all manner of different things. And I think that's why, like, it just got to the point that they were trying to do too many of those and they ran out of the time to make them look right because some of them did feel unfinished. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. One, one other scene that did up to me slightly was when... Um, it's when uh lupita like leaves and she's trying to get like a bag from their tractor um that th- there's a scene when she's like she basically gets to the field where the tractor is mm. and after she's ran through all the zombies and then she's like well i guess i gotta fight these ones and that that is again yeah, well, a, a case... i was talking about when she has the dress when when she kind of comes back yeah. and she's all bloodstained yeah but my, my yeah. problem with it is like it, again it's it's shot wrongly because the space is massive it's a huge field mm. and we've already established that well she's literally in... just got there fine yeah and we've already established that they're ridiculously slow like kids can walk within three feet of them and so this field she could easily just do a big circle around get the bag wait until the zombies have got into the center and then do another big circle around like it would be so easy to do that and so again that's a problem where no one thought about that when they were shooting it where it's like okay this is the bit where Lapita fights them but you need to have that in a small enclosed space like, that's the great thing about the best zombie stuff is like especially when it comes to slow zombies is like yeah if you're in a bloody football field you're gonna you're gonna be able to run and juke yeah. it whereas if you get stuck in a fucking corridor like you're screwed you know and, and so like that is the difference um and i think they do a poor job of showing that spatial awareness is pretty much everything when it comes to slow zombies um yeah. so that scene did annoy me because i was like why is she choosing to fight these three now like there was literally yeah, no point odd. and especially because kind of later on in the movie um one of the children does kind of like go on the run a bit and they mm. end up going to like these um farm pens animal yeah. pens and that sort of thing and it felt more enclosed and kind yeah. of um you know, like there's a bit of danger, but, yeah. you know, and I feel like if they'd have put Lapita in that situation more, it would have felt more genuine. Like there were scenarios for it. It wasn't just a wide open space. Yeah, that scene was way better for that the exact reason, like you just said. Mm. Like there was genuine threat for the first yeah. time in that scene because yeah, of how well, there was like it a, was. There was like a moment where they kind of like got to a dead end and I was mm. like, shit, they're in trouble. And then like, then and then they kind of like, played a recurring joke that, that actually yeah. worked quite well I, that was I, great I, that, that one did actually get me yeah yeah it was awesome um yeah it was so you know it's it's i don't know it's a weird one where it just yeah it 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 didn't deliver on what could have been a really interesting premise for me because i you know you touched upon it when you when you're reviewing it that i i do find the fact that um you know they're trying to distract these children and it's this different take on a zombie movie where where it's not it doesn't even need to be played for laughs. It's just like mm. these, it's just how, like, how would a teacher react? And like, you know, would they try and gamify it for the kids and that sort of thing? And I'm like, mm. oh, I, I, it was really, I like the fact that she was like straight away, like, oh, we're playing a game of tag. Like all these people don't yeah. let them touch you. And it was like, oh, okay, this is quite interesting. That like, 
what would you do with like a small child in this situation? Like you, you know, definitely, you know, your, your main priority is to keep them alive, but also you don't want them to like freak the hell out. So like, can you gamify it in some way? And yeah, yeah I thought, it, I thought it was like, you know, that is a super interesting premise. It was actually done quite well. It was just kind of like, you know, the rest of the movie. <laughs> I thought she was so believable. Obviously, it goes without saying mm. that she's an amazing actress, but like she was so believable as a teacher in that situation, yeah. where I, I really believe that she was like, God, I'm in charge of these children, and I'm I need to keep them safe. But but then also, my God, this situation is messed up, and like we need to also find a way out of here whilst also keeping the kids calm. Um, yeah, and I, I really was, did like that. It was kind of, I mean, that's good, and obviously like Josh Gad in this movie as well, but that does screw over our lead mm. because. He is surrounded by two of these like great big actors, and yeah. he's just kind of like it does make his performance fall flatter because yeah, those two are phenomenal. Yeah, you know, it was a weird. We, we know weird they're great, and so it is. You know, it's odd that then the lead of this movie, the one that you spend the most time with, you know, we forget that the first twenty minutes of this movie is just him, like yeah. in, in different characters, not the other two. And then when the other two turn up, they just kind of shit all over him. It's yeah. kind of it is odd. Mm. Yeah, this movie yeah. has some weird choices. I think overall, my my biggest disappointment is watching the trailer a while ago. Mm. I was very excited because I thought that it would combine the comedy and the horror yeah. and give me the best of both. And ultimately, the horror is almost non-existent, as we've discussed. And mm. then the, the little moments you get are so few and far between that I'm like, please give me more of that. Yeah. And they hardly gave me any of it. Obviously, for me, though, outside of that, I thought this movie was hilarious. Really enjoyed the comedy. Um, the most I've laughed at a movie that we've covered for the show this year by far for me personally um so on that end it's a success and i really really dug it um but my ultimate disappointment is that yeah i can't remotely think about this in any horror capacity it was just like oh it was a fun comedy i watched you know i want one week yeah we saw that, a couple of movies it. like that last year didn't we hmm. and you know um so yeah i mean so how do you go a recommendation then I mean, you'd have to take in granted what we've said, because mm. I think that if you're looking for a horror movie, no. If you're looking for a horror movie with elements of comedy, no. Um, if you're looking for just a comedy that happens to have zombies in it and you've you've liked that style of Australian humor, if you've watched like What We Do in the Shadows or if you've seen any of those style of Aussie or slash New Zealand type comedies, I think this will be definitely up your alley and you would enjoy it. But outside of that one particular audience, I, I wouldn't recommend it. For, definitely not for the horror. Um, and even if you're like a completionist who wants to see every single comedy horror there is, that there is better ones that combine those two elements, even though I did really enjoy it and thought it was really funny. But there are, there are so many better movies where it's like it will give you that horror kick as well as also mm. making you laugh um something like a 68 kill from a few years ago where it was yeah. like that had really good moments of violence in it and it was funny and it was hilarious um, yeah what, so was, the, what recommend was that those other more. one oh god what another comedy i horror don't feel at home in this world anymore yes. or something like that weren't it yeah uh -huh, yep that's on netflix and again yeah, yeah i completely agree with hilarious. you that does that way better yeah. really funny and has great moments of yeah. horror as well yeah, I think <clears throat> thinking of those couple of titles that we've just mentioned, like I'd recommend them above this. And like yeah. for this movie, I, I wouldn't really recommend this, um, mm. you know, personally, because, the, you know, I think we, we both agree that the horror failed. Yeah. Um, so then for me, the comedy did pretty much fail. And then it's just a case of, OK, you've got two pretty cool actors, but, you know, just go watch Us and Frozen 2. <laughs> 
that's my yeah. recommendation <laughs> i can't deny that um <laughs> but yeah shout out to josh gad in this because he literally made me want to watch frozen 2 he was that yeah good, <laughs> and, and to be fair to have the balls to do something like this because oh. it is like it like we haven't spoken about that no. but like that that is controversial because yeah he really slags off basically what he has built from being olaf in this mm. movie you know it's a parody of a children's presenter but at the end of the day like it's josh gad on screen sounding like olaf saying how much he hates children and yeah, how much they wind him the up. Word and, around. <laughs> yeah. And like that, I mean, that alone almost does throw it in the give it a watch. Category. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is. If you're, if you're like, especially if you're a fan of his work, like you will love yeah. this movie because I think he's awesome in this movie. Well, if you're a fan of, if you're a fan of his work, will you love this movie or will it just break <laughs> you? Like, but either way. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting yeah it's an interesting one like i'm really glad we watched this um mm. I'm, I'm disappointed that you didn't find it obviously as funny as i did and i'm still disappointed like you say for the the reason we just spoke about it. but this was yeah. an interesting one like we've seen some movies where it's just kind of like that was a whole lot of nothingness oh yeah my god <laughs> Whereas... like, i probably sound a bit bitter on this but you know th this movie you know it, watching the movie didn't you know didn't offend me it's mm. just like it's one of those which we didn't kind of say but i just feel like it you know it was so close to being a much more yeah. Like add in those couple of elements you know um yeah if this had you know, like really... no, any sort of notable horror in it this would easily be like a top 25 ish contender for me because mm. because if it had the horror because i loved mm. the actors and Ooh, um, high the praise in the comedy <laughs> top 25 ish <laughs> mate that's that's pretty good <laughs> i watch a lot of films um maybe yeah. not as much as sean but we watch a lot of films um yeah we watched a few uh, i think this is like either a 49th or 50th movie we've covered for the show um Decent. so it's better than half which is pretty good <laughs> um but yeah that was our discussion of little monsters we will take a short break and we will be right back yeah we do have a question this week of course if you uh, want your questions answered on the show you can tweet us at uh, shb pod um or if you want to send us a longer email it's super horror bros podcast at gmail.com um this week we have one from rob um who says uh what did you guys think of the lead i thought so much else was working but he could he could have done with some fine tuning Mm. um obviously we we did discuss him just then um i yeah. think that ultimately <clears throat> for me it's such a weird character um i'm not sure how much i blame him for it because i think that it's like it's such an unredeemable uh, character and i did actually like him in parts which is surprising because you really shouldn't and I, and again i don't know if it's because you just get used to him or if it was the actor but um i don't know it's difficult and then like what you you know uh, brought up which is a good point is that he is working alongside two real power powerhouses in acting yeah. um and i think that ultimately yeah he doesn't he doesn't stand up as well as the other two uh, what, what did you think? yeah i i do think the performance was lacking you know because um you know he he was you know very irredeemable at the start but when he started to have these moments of redemption and realization i just didn't feel any depth in his performance and kind of when like i say when lapita was kind of reacting and he i don't know he just seemed to like passenger through this movie like when mm -hmm. the zombies broke out and, and had no real reaction to it no real kind of care for his own life or anyone really around him but he still just kind of went yeah i guess i'll try and keep him alive because you know 
what else can I do? There's no, there's no pot around here. So I guess I'll just, <laughs> you know, help these kids. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of wish that like he was more attached to his guitar. Like <laughs> when, when the outbreak happened, cause he kind of had this guitar and it just disappeared. What happened to it? It got broke at some point. I can't remember how, but it got yeah. smashed to bits. I think he might've hit um, Josh with it. Oh, okay. Fair play yeah josh did deserve to be hit with a guitar <laughs> i also said i know we're not even talking about the uh th- thanks for the question rob but um mm. i loved when josh was just drinking like um yeah he was drinking like nail just polish remover thinner. and stuff yeah, yeah was, i loved that so much that yeah. was such a great little little character moment um but uh yeah thanks <laughs> for the question Gad, um what, what a lad um but yeah we do have some uh an email from sean as well um he's still with us after last week which is awesome <laughs> yeah i was i was pleased to see the email <laughs> yeah he said he really loved the episode as well um so thank you so much sean um and yeah he put through some really nice points actually about the movie uh so thank you very much for that because i did want to mm-hmm. hear your point of view yeah i did too yeah. um so yeah i really appreciate that um he said, uh, talking about next year, he says, um, so far the most anticipated horror movie for the upcoming year, besides Malignant, is Scott Cooper's Antlers. Um, if you're not familiar with Scott Cooper, he's an acclaimed indie director who released films like Out of the Furnace with Christian Bale and Black Mass with Johnny Depp. Um, I've heard of both his movies. I've not seen either of them. No, um, he says he's never played in the horror genre sandbox before, so this will be his first foray, and it looks super creepy and crazy. Um, check out the trailers. It doesn't reveal anything. Um, I did nice. check out the trailer, and I really liked it. It was a really cool trailer, and I, I'm really glad that you mentioned this, Sean, because um, I agree with you. It doesn't show anything. There's no dialogue in the trailer, which I love. Oh, okay. and it is just yeah it's just this really weird creepy setup with this kid and he kind of like has a secret um i really dug it I, I dug the way it looked it looked really creepy it, i got like silent hill vibes from some of the monsters that they were showing glimpses of um yeah i th- this was a movie that i didn't know about and i'm very excited for now sean man um, like, <laughs> you know he switched on yeah he's just you know <laughs> given given me my list exactly yeah. you've got five I, I, films now i need to i need to just ping a couple of emails backwards and forwards i feel like i <laughs> yeah. feel like i could just get my list off sean oh dear um, right, i'll let you do that off also also i do want to say that like i thought it was awesome that like one of the things that we've spoken about a lot on this show is that we want to build like a community of people that just like talking about horror hmm. doesn't mean we always have to agree like it is subjective you know like we spoke about the comedy in this movie but horror is subjective as well hmm. so like um you know, definitely if anyone's listening, like, you know, um, positively, you know, let us know if you don't, if you think this movie is, you know, a smash hit or whatever each week, because it's fun to have that conversation with, you know, varying opinions. Like, yeah. this year is such a strong year for horror as well. Like, it's going to be interesting to see other people's lists because yeah. there's so much good stuff, um, you know, and we've had this in other years as well, where like, movies that were top of people's list didn't make our top 10 and we dug mm. the movie it was just like well you know tastes are so different so i thought you know it's cool to be you know that we are building this community of people that are just enjoying the content and enjoying the conversation yeah yeah for sure like the the top 10s are going to be awesome this year i think because there are there are like you say there is such a wide variety and i think that there are there are a few that are going to be notable Consistent. on a lot of people's yeah. lists yeah like i have I'm not going to bring it up because I don't want to like taint our own future list, but there's one movie that I do think will be on most people's list, if not number one on a lot of them. Um, we'll, we'll, t- we'll discuss that obviously after our best of, but um, outside of that one movie that I can think of, I think that everything else has been pretty much kind of like very divisive throughout the year. Mm. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Cause like I say, we'll, we'll, again, we'll mention that in a few weeks, but we definitely want people's lists and best of, and you know, all that definitely. sort of stuff um, for our show. Um, 
but yeah thank you very much for that one sean um yeah just to end us off this week uh, i don't know if you've seen anything else but i did watch one movie that i want to briefly talk. am i not doing my um frozen 2 mini mini review i feel like mm, i feel like i spoke no. about it in no no okay no. No. save that <laughs> okay. for your own uh, disney spin-off podcast um coming coming in 2020 guys yeah march 2020 um, just just need a just need a co-host and uh <laughs> disney plus <laughs> yeah good luck with that um yeah no i did watch a movie um one arrow release um Ooh that i picked up a fright i watched one of them as well interesting i don't think it's the same one i don't Um, think it is (laughs) my one is called colobos or colobos something i mean you saw the movie bro (laughs) well yeah but they barely say it in the movie um and uh this was an interesting one because um it was one of those kind of obviously with the arrow releases it's like there's the movies that we love like hills of eyes part two and etc or there's the ones that are kind of a bit of a a bit of a lottery and you just kind Mm. of pick them based upon feelings that you have based upon the cover or the cover art um yeah i mean i saw you pick this one up and i was like what the hell man and then i like read the synopsis and i was like oh this sounds really cool it's like a 90s movie isn't it yeah, because that's well, what's weird about this. This isn't weird. like an 80s, yeah. 80s flasher. This is newer. This is 1999. Um, mm. So it's only 20 years old. And yeah, the premise sounded cool where it's like about these people that kind of, they sign up for this um, groundbreaking experiment where they're going to like live in a house together. And it's basically like Big Brother as the setup. Um, mm. And then, of course, very quickly, it turns like there's all these like traps trying to kill them in the house. Um, so I thought that sounded like an awesome premise. The movie's not good at all. Um, sad to report. Um it is so weird like i'm looking at it now and i'm just i don't know why arrow felt the need to release this um obviously it's like it's it's taste or whatever and i'm curious if anyone's seen this and if it is like a favorite of people's because you read the back of the box and i'm like you know they're saying like it was looked over at the time but you know it'll come to a revelation for horror fans who missed it and i'm like my god like this movie was just it was so indie first and foremost like incredibly cheap like like student levels cheap and i'm not exaggerating either right it really felt like i was watching was a student it, movie do you think because it because it it's not like one that was part of a pack or anything like that then no this was just a release they did yeah it looked um, like it because it had the nice artwork and everything yeah this was just a proper release and there's mm. like a, there's an extra as well where it had like it had a uk premiere last year of the restored version um really? and there is like a featurette with the directors and stuff so clearly there is like some people who do dig this movie um but yeah it just didn't work for me like the, the acting is appalling from all of them to the point where i'm like is this parody at some point and i think that if right. it was like a really old movie it would have maybe had that old charm that like you know 70s and 80s horror movies mm. have but i think because it's like new enough that you can tell that it's just not it's just bad on every level like the violence sucks it takes way too long to get going i was just i was thoroughly bored by the movie and it was a shame because this was one that i was like really it sounded really up my alley based Mm. upon the synopsis um and i was i was excited to finally check it out over the past week and yeah i was really disappointed i thought it was worth mentioning i don't want to harp on about it too much because it's obviously a negative review 90s are weird though aren't they man because like I feel really like weird. the the 80s, you're just going to constantly, like, we're just constantly finding stuff that we haven't seen. And, like, don't yeah. get me wrong, it's not as good as, like, the, the, the crazy good shit that we've clearly mm. seen. But, like, there are so many little gems that you can still find. Whereas I feel yeah. like the 90s, the second you start to bear off that track of, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the main movies, you just get to dog shit pretty quick. Like, yeah. you know, there, there isn't that there isn't that sweet spot. And there just isn't that feel to it that feels like it it doesn't feel like they're modern enough and it doesn't feel like they're old enough. They're in this weird Mm. spot. And I wonder whether they'll ever get to that point that they get to like how the eighties are, you know, are we going to have American horror story in 1995? Like, (laughs) is that, is that going to be a thing? 
Well, because that's the thing, right? Because the acting is atrocious, and we've watched movies in like the seventies when the acting is atrocious, yeah. and it becomes so in, in, Hey, listen, <laughs> the Academy overlooked it. Um, okay, but, bro. Like, it was, you know, so did the they, horror doc. They, um, yeah, they definitely did. They, they just have a charm to them, and and it becomes enjoyable in yeah. a way. And whereas this is just like it just makes you angry, and it's also just really dull mm. to the point where it's just like it's just boring. So yeah, I didn't want to harp on about it, but um, I wanted to bring it up because we talk a lot mm. about the arrow releases, especially the ones that we watch randomly. And I just wanted to throw that in there as like they're not all hits, you know. Sometimes there are misses. Um, mm. but, uh, yeah. What what did you watch? I watched one uh, Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So I've not seen this. No. Um, yeah, this movie's uh, batshit crazy. Had you not um, seen this one either? No, and I had no idea about the background of it either. Um, where basically this... Uh, so this the, the, the Blu-ray has a director's cut and the theatrical release. There is a massive difference between the two, where basically Clive Barker intros the director's cut, which is what I watched, where right. basically... Um, he got made to severely cut the movie because the movie he made, the um, distributors did not want to release. Um, and so basically the movie's about um, this um, guy that discovers like this underworld of kind of, um, they're kind of like monsters and um, he ends up kind of becoming part of that and ends up getting like hunted. And I wonder what the original cut looks like, because basically Clyde Barker's intent was to be like, oh, all of these monsters are kind of scary, but ultimately they're not dangerous. And it's the people that are hunting them that are the enemies and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, And so basically this movie got made and cut and Clyde Barker was just ashamed of it and just thoroughly disappointed with it. And all of the film roles were thought to have been destroyed. And this guy, I, I'm drawing a blank on his name now, but basically he made it his goal to to find them and track them down and splice it back to like Clive Barker's original vision. And it was kind of, that uh, and that's what he's done. Uh, yes. Thank you. Um, I knew it was Mark something. Um, and basically um, has made Clive Barker's version as close as what he could get. And right. like, that in itself is just fascinating. And and then like watching the movie, it was fascinating to kind of, you know, watch what I knew. Um, the movie itself doesn't live up to that. It was, it was good. Like it's got some really crazy creature designs and is wacky, but ultimately it's two hours. The, the director's cut and, um, you know, it's got a lot of weird stuff going on. It's just a very weird movie, but like, mm. Knowing that backstory, it's got a director's commentary with Clive Barker and Mark Miller, which I think would be fascinating to to listen to as well. Right. Um, so, like, I think it's a fantastic presentation um, and, yeah, interesting to watch knowing that story. But ultimately, if you're just in it for the film, maybe not. Yeah, that's really interesting yeah, because he's weird. only he's only directed three films. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, Hellraiser, this, and then he did Lord of Illusions as mm. well. Um, so that's fascinating that like he had such a small career as a film director, yeah, and he had a terrible experience with this film, right? You know, with the, the fact that it got cut the way it did, mm. you know, and so um, yeah, it, it was it was interesting just watching the the um, introduction that was like six yeah. minutes of those two talking, and then I. I I stuck on the director's commentary just for like the first five or 10 minutes. And then was like, I, I can't watch the movie literally just after <laughs> watching it again. But like yeah. maybe one day, because like I say, it's, it's a shame the movie just wasn't quite as good as it is as I wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, but it like, 
just this crazy Clive Barker imagery. These monsters are just really weird. And but it but it it kind of just like starts at like a million miles an hour, and it takes you half the movie to catch up with where mm. Clive Barker's mindset was at. Yeah. And like, if I didn't know, because he kind of explains what I literally explained about the monsters and his kind of perception of them. He explains that uh, in the intro. If I hadn't known that going into it, I don't know whether it would have, I would have caught up with the plot as quickly as I did. And it still Mm. took me a long while to catch up with the plot. Yeah, yeah, it was a weird one. Yeah, this is a 90s film as well, which is. Yeah, yeah, I think it was in 1990. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, did, yeah. so did you say, did you watch any of the other extras? Like, is there any featurettes? Is there any like, recent... um, I haven't watched any of them. No. Um, I'm curious if there like was anything say, released in like the last sort of five years talking about the movie. Cause I always like the ones when there's like a lot of time. Removed. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure there will be because obviously the introduction is with Clive Barker and Mark Miller. And they were talking in just in the, the introduction, like I said, it was only six minutes, but they were talking about the journey that Mark had to go on to basically, um, get this film in the in the the version that he wanted and how you know clive was saying you know that it was a recent interview you know about how he's so happy that you know he's finally got the version of the film out there that he wanted yeah because um, you watched so, the yeah. director's cut didn't you <clears throat> yes and that that i mean it's looking like that and he happened in the last what five years something like that yeah yes that's pretty crazy isn't it for this movie yeah, that was yeah, out there for like 25 like, years yeah, it took like 15 20 years for his movie mm. to come out that he actually wanted so like it's just a cool story and like mm. it's a it's a beautiful release as well and so like right. it's just this cool thing um but yeah ultimately the actual you know the story is more interesting than the movie but the movie yeah. doesn't suck like it's it's it has these moments it's just and again it's probably because you know it, it, it is still this you know it, it completed vision but there are still probably things missing and, and that sort of thing it's, it's it's such just a weird thing that i didn't i was unaware of and i'm glad that i kind of got to experience yeah it sounds fascinating like mm. even though you said that it's not necessarily the best movie it, it really makes me want to watch it because yeah. i I'm, i want to see what a guy who's just made hellraiser what does what does his next project look like yeah um, and, and and it's it's fucking nuts like i think you should check it out because mm, it's I really just, want to it is just kind of insane yeah it sounds yeah. really interesting yeah um but yeah that's pretty much it for this week mm. um you've not been watching week? any purge yet bro no have you have you started it yeah i've started it bro all right Two yeah episodes I'm, in. Ooh, i will i'm definitely gonna watch it by next week um because yeah. there's a lot of episodes out right now and i'm yeah there's like check six out. or something yeah I'll, I'll buzz for them all um yeah so yeah we'll, de- we'll definitely talk about it in the coming weeks that's pretty much it for tv isn't it for this year is, is the walking dead still so. on yeah who knows <laughs> i, I mean, saw they I announced think... like another spin-off the other day <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> um yeah the, the mid-season finale is oh, yeah. uh this week oh, okay uh which is like episode eight i'm like how are these fuckers still doing 16 episodes in a season <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a lot um yeah. but yeah that's pretty much it for this week what, what do we have about three more regular shows before our best of um something like that man so yeah, we'll have to go back to our docket of, of releases to, to see what we're doing next week. Um, yeah. cause there's a few to check out, but, uh, yeah, yeah. there's a couple I really want to see, but yeah, that was episode 172 where we talked about little monsters. Uh, thanks for listening as always. And we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. And through my veins and travels to my head, they said, you'll die soon enough anyway, shut up. I can't believe because I never could. How could I start now?